0: You are on Sky 360 Podcasts. Hello, thanks for listening in. I'm Anushka and this is Cinema's Spine Podcast, a series which revolves around films and the hard work that goes into their making. In this episode, I'm in conversation with Adrian Wittenberg, a production designer art director under whom I had the first experience of working on sets as an art assistant. In this conversation, what we're going to be talking about is all the aspects of the production design department. What's it like when it comes to working as a traveling art director and the experiences?
1: Hello, Adrian. How are you doing? How's it going for you? Uh, I'm doing okay over here. Thanks. It's um, I'm in California in Los Angeles, and so we're on uh, week five or so of lockdown, and everyone is just trying to uh, stay busy and stay distracted
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a similar situation that that we've got here we're also figuring out ways in which we can stay busy and sort of you know keep our hands on on something keep our minds busy by interacting to a lot of people or you know doing things around so today what I what the conversation is going to be revolving around is the production work there and the production design work and the art department's work into a particular film project and how do you sort of get into the project and at which particular point of time and how do you take it further on? Great, great.
1: Yes, I've worked in a, a broad range of projects. So I started out uh, working in commercials and on short films and have worked on music videos, have worked um, on some television shows and then also a, a couple of feature films as well. So. Uh, It's definitely, um, every project is unique and has its own sort of workflow, but there also is, of course, a lot of overlap in between projects and, of course, in terms of what the art department itself is responsible for. So uh, I've been very lucky over the past uh, four or five years to be able to get a view of that process from all the different roles and responsibilities within our department. Right. So I
0: just wanted to know a sort of a small short answer from you as to what does exactly the production design art department really stand for when it comes to the responsibilities that you have and a little bit about the small hierarchy that you tend to follow, be it the production designer, the art director, and then you've got your set decorators, assistants and everyone.
1: Absolutely. So uh, the art department is headed by the production designer. That's the person at the top. And then the production designer has um, at least one art director that works with them, sometimes multiple and sometimes supervising art directors, as well as uh, individual art directors. And then decide just depending on the size of the production, um, that can be it. <laughs> Your art department can be one or two people, um, or you can have a large scale production where that then branches into Uh, set designers, set decorators, prop masters, um, just a whole slew of responsibilities. Uh, And so depending on the size of the project, that'll sort of determine the structure of the department. But the art department is essentially responsible for everything you see on screen that isn't a human being. So if you have uh, an actor sitting on a couch in a living room, The art department is responsible for that couch. They're responsible for the entire living room, uh, building it if it's not a location, decorating it if it is. If that actor picks up a cup, they're responsible for that cup. Anything an actor touches is classified as a prop. Uh, Anything that's seen on camera that an actor doesn't touch is classified as set decoration. And so all of those things are the realm of the art department. And then in a, a very broad way, uh, the production designer and the art department in general are responsible for the look of a film. They're responsible for the color palette uh, and sort of the overall uh, visual world of the film itself. A lot of times you have directors who have an idea of what they want that to look like, uh, but sometimes yeah. they really rely on the production designer to uh, help them develop that vision. So it can be uh, like I said, a broad range of um along that spectrum of sort of going in and creating a vision or uh, building your own vision, depending on how much of that guidance is already there.
0: Okay. And uh, that's really a huge sort of a spider web, we could call it, you know, where you've got a lot of things that are tangled around, you know, sort of make it up. And uh, another thing that I wanted to really know was that at what point of time, if you're designated as an art director, do you get involved into the production, and uh, till, and what does that timeline look like for you? For example, uh, you know, if you're working on an advertisement, how long, how much of a time duration do you get to, you know, do your pre-production, be ready and get this whole set ready and put up? Or for example, if you're working on a short film, or what's it like when you travel, when you're doing travel shows? You know, if you could give a few examples of real-time situations, maybe.
1: Absolutely. There's sort of a joke in the art department that um, we're never brought on soon enough, that the production designer is never brought on to a film uh, soon enough because in the best possible situation, uh, that's you have the director and then you have the production designer, and that is your first team sort of really working to create the visual language of what the film is going to be. Uh, Realistically, uh, it's sort of divided by the project. So uh, for for an advertisement, for a commercial, for example, uh, your structure is a little different because you have a client, you have the company who comes in with an idea of what they want and then various directors will pitch to them uh, sort of their visions of what that commercial could be. And it is after one of those pitches is accepted, usually, that then a production designer is brought on board uh, to actualize that vision and to give it sort of their own twist, their own spin. Um, With something like a feature film, like I said, oftentimes it'll be the production designer working with the director and the producer. Um, So, for example, I'm planning... (laughs) I was planning uh, to be working on a feature film July of this year. It might have to be pushed now, but that's something that I signed on for uh, more than six months ago. So that's been really great because it has been a a relationship with the director, the uh, DP, the director of photography, and the producer sort of along the way so that we can really make our decisions from an informed place with the input of multiple departments. Uh, for something like what we worked on, which is a, um, a travel reality show, that show has a production designer who works with that team uh, very, very early from the start of the season and is on, uh, on board quite early in all of the meetings, um, has worked with this team before. And then in my position, which was sort of that of a traveling art director, where I would go to each of the locations in advance of our film crew. Uh, I was brought on in the pre-production process oh, at most six weeks before we started traveling, um, just to get familiar with the route and with what we were going to be doing in these various places um, to sort of have that prep time. Um, and then something like music videos uh, has... Yeah absolutely no rules music videos are sort of the wild west of the production world (laughs) and I did one in January where I literally got a call from the producer the night before saying hey we're shooting this thing tomorrow here's what we need do you think you can do it uh and so I had that night and the next morning to get everything prepped before the uh musician got to set the next afternoon um so it it definitely is sort of a dramatic uh difference depending on project and it really too depends on sort of the scale of the project you know a a short film that takes place in one room um might take a couple weeks of prep whereas a feature film that's going to have 40 locations is going to need months and months of prep potential construction and builds um so it really sort of depends on the scale of the project um the experience of the director and the producers um and how much money they have you know they're not going to bring you on for six months of prep if they're only going to be able to pay you for two months of prep and then you have to sort of be realistic about what you can do in the time allotted so it's yeah it's a very different depending on the situation and um i would say every project i sort of learn how much more time i would have preferred to have i don't think i've had a project yet where i felt like i've had enough time to really nail it all down (laughs) That's uh, yeah. That's also something that I've experienced when I'm
0: uh, when I've worked on a few short films. It's like you get on board and you realize ki okay, fine, I've got these things that I have to do it. Yeah, I think I can probably finish it. But uh, the night before you start shooting, you're like, oh wait, this is left. Oh no, where? How can I forget this? You know. So that sort of a situation you enter and you. Uh, It becomes a little hazy but then the moment you're on set and you see okay fine yeah I've done so many things and I can sort of uh, you know take a few things around and mix it up and then I can at times you're like you can give an alternative for a particular thing but just by looking around on the set you okay fine if this doesn't work I can pick that up and you know replace it for you we can work it around you know you don't have to go out and buy anything
1: a definite asset in art department is that sort of flexibility and the ingenuity to be able to figure out a solution. Um, And I mean, that's something that's valuable um, in every department, I would imagine, but particularly in art department, it's a skill that I'm always looking for when I'm hiring is someone's uh, flexibility in that way and their, you know, their determination and ability to look at what they have and figure out what they can create. Um, And, like you said, presented in a persuasive way, be like, well, we have this, but we've also got this, which would be great because X, Y, Z. (laughs) And so sometimes you do have to pitch things to to directors in that way.
0: Yeah. And then sort of make them believe that this is more, this is a far better option than the ones that we've already thought of, even though
1: you're the one who pitched that idea, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. And there is also, you know, as long as you have a reason for bringing something on or for choosing a certain lamp or making uh, a drink in a glass look like scotch instead of vodka. As long as you can give a reason that it fits with the story, you're golden. Right.
0: Another uh, like question I had for you was that when you're in a particular situation where you've pre-planned and you've had a lot of time to really you know, go into the details and figure out exactly how you want a particular thing to look, but then when you, you know, go on floors and it doesn't really turn out as it was. And, you know, what the, what's the difference like in terms of when you're working on pre-production, on a travel, uh, on an environment which is completely foreign to you and you're given a particular set of things that you come down and you, you're, you're sort of what should I say, that you're presented with all the things and, you know, you have to sort of see. okay, fine, these are the things I have. And a lot of things which I had already wanted are not there. So how do you make do with it, you know, when you're really on location, on set?
1: Yes, so uh, that's a particularly interesting one. Working on a travel show um, is something I really, really love. Um, I've said it before, as uh, they gave me the chance to play with art supplies and travel the world for a living. And uh, who could imagine something better? <laughs> uh, it's sort of my ideal my ideal job. Um, and so what I do in that situation um, is use my pre-production time to just be as prepared as I can in terms of knowing what my producers want and what they expect, sort of what um, what needs absolutely have to be met, what are the non-negotiables Uh, that I know they're going to want or need when it comes to um, just operations and also to shooting physically in these locations and with the variety of props or surroundings. Um, And then I also spend a lot of my time researching where it is we're going to go um, to find out what things... um, are actually used there. What rituals are appropriate there? Um, you know what is local to the area. Because what I never want to do is come into a location, come into a, a new city, a new country, and create my version of what I think it should look like. Uh, what I really love about my job is I get to go enough in advance and work with local teams that I can go to them and say, "Hey, we're going to uh, have a setup." That looks like this and we know that we want our contestants to do something like this but what would that look like here for example if they're going to do a cooking challenge what is a local dish how do the people here actually prepare that and how can we uh duplicate that so that we're not just giving our contestants an authentic experience but we're also appropriately representing uh the culture of the place we've come to you know something that we could Envision in our heads and put together and film on a soundstage uh, should not be what we're coming to a new place to do. Um, so I really love being able to uh, actually have that flexibility to come to a new place and to uh, ask my team you know, what would this look like here? I'm thinking specifically in an, an example when I worked with you where we knew we needed to um, have some sort of small tokens that we could hand out. And what we went with was uh, the scrolls that are used as invitations, because that's something that I never knew about, never would have thought of. But standing with my team, I think a night or two before we were going to shoot this thing and being like, what is something that that is used here that could be something delivered or something that That could be held in the hand um and having that uh you know it's it's um it's not just a nice touch it's something that's that sort of uh gets to show more of the place than uh our viewers might otherwise experience you know just just even if it's caught by a camera for a couple seconds um and in terms of being on on a film set where you've planned everything to the smallest detail. Oh man, it's never going to work out the way you think it is. <laughs> it's, something is always going to go wrong or someone's going to decide to change something at the last minute, whether it's an actor saying, you know, I feel like it would really be better if we could do this or the gaffer being like well there's no way that we're going to get a light on the other side of this window so we're going to have to shoot over here and just being able to really as you said earlier work with what you have work with your surroundings uh, and create something that's appropriate for the scene for the narrative uh, for the story is uh, it's always Mm -hmm. something you're going to have to do and it's definitely a a skill that I think uh, art department relies heavily on
0: yeah. yeah and it's almost like it's never a particular thing that uh, you know it's never that you experience the same pl- problem again in a shoot you always end up having a situation where you're like okay wait i haven't experienced this before how can i you know turn it around where you know sometimes you're you end up foreseeing situations and then planning it so every time you go to a particular shoot you experience something that is very, very different from before, be it either your location or be it something uh, to do with maybe the crew that you're working with, right? Because I feel sometimes that plays a major role in the way the whole output comes out. It's like something that you you learn over, the t- over time because this is what I've learned since the last time I worked with you and then I worked on so many projects by myself. So, yeah, I do end up thinking about it. Okay, wait, that was the time when we had sort of gone right into the smallest of the details, be it even a small scroll that you're handing out or the whole view or the whole uh, sort of like a feeling that you wanted to create with that particular environment that you were in, right? So now what I want to know from you is that what's it like for uh, someone who's always traveling like you said it's your ideal job then uh, why is it that you think so that you know it's ideal for you to be always traveling from one location to the other so far I haven't I've never really traveled to another location to shoot so I don't really know what that's like but uh, you know how how do you end up sort of preparing yourself for working in a completely new environment and sort of in an industry that you're not really Uh, familiar with as much as you are when you're working on projects that are sort of uh, fiction-based
1: right yes yeah. yeah so it's for me it's the the combination of getting to experience a new place and also what you just said getting to work with uh amazing crews and new people and really have that experience. Film is such a collaborative medium, you know, you can't do it alone. And every crew I work with, every place I go teaches me something new, introduces me to new possibilities and new skills. Um, And so for me, that's part of what I love so much about being able to travel is not just, you know, going to a place and being like, well, it's beautiful here, Um, but really getting to experience the place through the people. And that's something that I was, uh, very lucky to do even before, uh, I worked in this job, just traveling in general. Um, I did a, a trip where I did couch surfing where, uh, a friend and I using the couch surfing website, um, which at that point was something totally wild and out there that you would go online and find people to stay with. Uh, We would travel to these places and stay with locals. And that was such a wonderful experience because you really got to, um, to spend time with uh, and exchange stories with these people who lived in a different place and find out what you had in common, what was different um, and experience these places they lived through their eyes and see you know what they loved and what they thought was special about it which is so much more significant than what you're going to find in um like a travel guide um Mm -hmm. in a lookbook you know if you're gonna go to the churches and museums you should know why they're unique to that place um and so I think that that was an element of working on a on a travel show that I really appreciate um just every time I go somewhere, I wind up um, being so grateful for the people that I get to meet and the crews I get to work with, and the ideas they have and the things that they uh, introduce and bring to the final episodes that I never would have been able to contribute. Um, and so it's it's something that I'm so grateful to be a part of and to get to experience, and then also, um, you know, to get to share what I have to offer too. Whether uh, I was just on a job where we were doing some hardcore construction and you know using a nail gun instead of having to uh use an impact driver to screw together everything (laughs) um (laughs) uh, just sort of talking through different techniques of of how these things can be done uh is always so interesting um I think I've lost the thread a little bit um but yeah I think that's a big part of what what I enjoy so much about it and then of course just Uh, the experience of being in new places you know I've worked on um one of the the greatest jobs I've had working on The Amazing Race for three seasons the very first travel that I did with that show was to Laos in season 31 and I landed and got off the plane in Laos and was just about in tears it was the most beautiful place I had ever been um the hills and being on this sort of peninsula between two rivers uh, and I was just so grateful for the chance to see that and experience it um, that I didn't care if they fired me the next day just just to be able to to see that bit and then of course on top of that I got a week there to work with a local team and to see uh, basket weaving be done and find out about how they barbecue and grill uh, fish in the local market and so seeing sort of the different both the different and similar things um ways that people live uh around the world is wonderful to me you know the chance to actually be able to to see and experience uh our shared humanity <laughs> if you'll bear yeah. with me uh is is a really wonderful thing um and i think that's part of what i love so much uh, about being able to travel for work and you know the fact that i'm able to do it as someone who is contributing um, to a larger project with the film I'm working on, to, uh, the local community in terms of what we're bringing there, uh, to the people I'm working with. I think all of that is just, uh, something that makes me feel like I'm so much better off than when I'm sitting at home and reading (laughs) the Mm -hmm. way I am now
0: yeah like reading is uh, you know when you're reading you're imagining it by yourself when you travel like you mentioned you know you go on to the places and you sh- sh- when you're on shoot you really get to see and almost uh you know feel what they do and how do they do mm-hmm. it so you get a mm-hmm. complete wholesome feel of that particular area so it stays with you for a longer a lot longer than how uh at times for books, it ends up happening where, you know, you read and then when you really visualize it, okay, fine, that's happened and you move on to the next book. Over yes. time, you end up sort of forgetting about it. But when it's something that you've really had a hands-on experience on, it gives you a more, uh, a much
1: more impactful memory, I would say, right? Definitely. And then um, To be able to showcase that work in that place and the craftspeople there, uh, I think is something really wonderful too, something that um people otherwise wouldn't necessarily be able to appreciate that they remember seeing uh for example, this one episode of Amazing Race and seeing uh the teachers that worked with these kids and how they taught them the alphabet you know things like that is it's so cool to get a glimpse into other people's lives um I think that's one fun thing that's come out of the the quarantine as well is we've had so many um like zoom meetings or people are posting videos online and as someone who works in art department i think it's fascinating to see what people's homes look like
0: <laughs>
1: what art do they hang on the walls <laughs> yeah. and i think it, it's been a fun a fun glimpse into into the lives of others as well <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Now, what I want to know is that, uh, you know, you mentioned that for you to be able to tell a particular story and to be able to justify something that's going on or something that you've uh, brought on to the set in terms of the production design or the set that the, the feel and the look of the particular project. Right. So how does it work for you when you're, you know, sort of deciding colors based on a, on a script? For example, if a director asked you to help, help him or her visualize that particular project, right? Uh, you know, they've just given you a task of maybe you've got this much amount of time to help him or her visualize exactly what it would look like. So how do you go about that? How do you pick your colors? How do you do the particular breakdown that is required on a particular script?
1: So for me, it always starts with reading the script Uh, and in the best jobs, I can right away envision what a scene is going to look like. I can read that page of the script and perfectly see in my head, you know, what the room that that actor is walking through looks like and what's on the walls. Um, And in the best possible situations, I have that I put it into my pitch, I present it to the director, and the director says that's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) And those are the jobs where you know you're really going to sort of vibe uh, and work well together. Uh, So it always, always begins with just reading the script and seeing um, what's already there and what you really want to highlight. And then once I've done that, I'll break down My script breakdowns uh, involve separating out all the locations, figuring out what happens in those locations and where it fits in the story and how I can use the design to really highlight the action or the emotions that are going on. Uh, So for example, one of the first short films I worked on, I read the script and it took place uh, in a family home. And so I hadn't a vision of that, but what really stood out to me were the characters. And it was a story in which uh, the mom was dealing with cancer and slowly fading away from her family. And so I knew that I wanted that to be visually represented in their home and uh, in the shots that we had with her, sort of not just in her wardrobe, but in what she surrounded herself with. Uh, And so that was something that I felt very strongly about. And I took to my initial meeting with the director and producer uh, and so that was an example of something where I knew visual elements that I wanted to to highlight and sort of a visual impact that I wanted to make surrounding a specific character. Uh, and that was something that really resonated with the director's vision. Uh, he had also written the script as well. So that was something that really, uh, really followed what he had thought of. Um, in general, when I'm breaking down a script and thinking about the visual world, um, what I'm imagining what I want to create it'll it'll always start in the place of if we could do anything with this and we have limited amounts of time and money what would I want it to be <laughs> mm-hmm. and then production is the process yeah. of whittling that down into what we can afford and what we have the time to do <laughs> mm-hmm. um but I would say too that a lot of my design inspiration comes from uh, my art history background I studied art history in university but all throughout my life uh, and went to museums as a kid and so that was that's a a big influence on me art history and sort of those uh, various various movements not just historically but in terms of what they visually and philosophically represented as you get to sort of more more modern and contemporary art Um, and then I also draw a lot of inspiration from nature so it's very easy for me to pull a color palette, uh, out of nature because I know these colors go together because plants say so, flowers say so, nature says so, (laughs) or a landscape, uh, you know, can look a certain way and you can realize that there are colors that you wouldn't otherwise have paired, um, but really it is, it is determined by the story and, and what's, what's happening there, what the narrative is, um, and the story that the director wants to tell, you know, you could have the same setting for, a thousand different scripts and your choices determine what kind of story will be told and whether it feels ominous or uh, optimistic. So there's a lot of, a lot of power there um, and just a lot of sort of potential in what you can, what you can add.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that part because uh, for me as well, personally, when I'm working on a particular project, I read the script, and then I figure out, okay, right, so this is what's happening, this is what the story is like. And then I feel like for us, uh, those who are in the art department, it uh, it's a very important thing that we sort of get to the soul of the particular film that we're working on or a particular project that we're working on so that we're able to bring it out on the... like. In the, on the particular set or on the particular location that you're shooting on. So it creates not just, uh, you know, you're not able to sort of convey what's happening in the story just via the dialogues or via the camera movement, but sort of you end up living in that particular location, you know, as, a, as an audience or as a potential audience, you start imagining it in a particular manner and it hits your subconscious at times, uh, you know, for the audience that uh, if i've sort of used if there's a particular story that is uh, for example going around on poaching you know on poaching animals and someone who does that and they themselves do not feel very good about it but they're doing it because it's their job so how would the how would you end up depic- depicting that in the setup so that when you enter a particular room, you see okay, fine. It gives you a particular sensation that maybe this person's at a conflict with themselves, right? I feel like this; these are the certain these are certain things that uh, you've really got to work on and put it together, and then give your sort of like, a I uh, I would say give a contribution into the project that comes from you. You know. Yes.
1: Yeah, I love being able to um, to add something visually to the story that affects the audience that they don't even consciously realize is there. So using things like uh, color theory, for example, uh, or using sort of lines and contrast and sort of the, determining that, you know, that this man is at odds with his job because he's always shown in stark contrast and you know, he's comfortable at home because there's always an affinity of tone happening when, when he's in his home. And with that setup, um, I think, yeah. I think things like that are are very powerful ways to, to influence the story. I worked on just a, a proof of concept for a horror film. And we knew that we wanted every frame to make the, make the audience feel unsettled so we really worked on setting up sort of the the villain space uh, to have those feelings you know you saw a lot of like diagonals and a lot of angles that were just off-putting enough that you knew that something was wrong that something was going on Um, and I really love playing with sort of those psychological uh, influences and effects and I think too that's a big part of why it's so so important to talk to your director and see what they're envisioning and see how they uh, interpret different parts of the narrative, different parts of the script, and different characters is really important um, because you need to know that your visions about those things line up, or you're gonna create the whole wrong feel. <laughs> mm-hmm. in, certain, yeah. in certain setups, so so that's a very a very important thing, making sure that you're aligned in terms of uh, what you want the overall tone and the overall effect to be in various locations and, and for, for different parts of the story.
0: I just sort of wanted to have an idea of overall what really goes on to working holistically in the art department.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing that we touched on, but didn't really talk about is just how important it is, um, for anyone involved in a film to be able to work with people. <laughs> you hear yeah. a lot about egos in the industry, in the film industry, and that is the worst possible thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you uh, you always want a team that is good at collaborating and that is good at communicating, not just in your department, but across departments. Uh, the best right. film sets I've worked on are the ones where the departments all get along and there's a sense of camaraderie and everyone is doing their best possible job to create the best possible product. Uh, and the, the real realistic, uh, thing is that you're on a film set for 12 hours on a good day. You want to enjoy the people that you're spending those 12 hours with. Um, that makes a, a big, big difference in the quality of life and also just in the work that you put out, you know, everyone's going to do better work if they're in a good mood um, and you're going to be with so many people for so long every day. You want it to be people that are good at their job and that you really enjoy spending time with. Um, so I think it's very important, especially if you wind up in a position where you're managing others or where you're hiring others, you, you, you really want to think about how they're going to work with your team and make sure that they are uh, not just a team player, but someone who is is able to uh, not just do their job, but communicate with others and make sure that other people are uh, are also doing their job, which is I think is so important. Oh, and then one thing that occurs to me that I that came to mind, but I forgot to mention when you were saying. Um, in terms of things going wrong, <laughs> um, yeah. on set or unexpected things coming up. One of the first lessons that I remember, um, the first production designer who hired me saying, and one of the things I have to constantly remind myself of is, don't get attached to your art. You know, you can come up with these beautiful visions and ideas and things, but if you get really attached to them, and ultimately, they need to get cut, you can't have, mm-hmm. you can't have an ego about it. You can't let that stop you you're working in a collaborative medium, and then you need to be okay letting that go so I've certainly been on sets where I've been like but look at this beautiful bookcase up, and it means so much and I chose these books because the character would have read them <laughs> 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 sometimes they're just things that you know if you've got a shot list and you run out of time things Sorry. are just going to be seen um Unless you have a great relationship with the DP and you can say, Look at this beautiful bookcase I made you. Don't you want to set up a shot right in front of it? <laughs> yeah, then <that> have <happens. laughs> Yeah, definitely don't get attached to your art is one of the one of the lessons that I have to remind myself of on on every project. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I think I learned a lot from that particular lesson. Because I do end up getting attached to my art. I know, mean, I've made mean, it look so beautiful. Please make sure that it comes in your shot. You know? Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving me your time.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was great to to get to talk about it.
0: Thank you.